Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome, everyone, to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I want to do three things. I want to thank all our listeners and talk a little bit about the amazing places you are so far. I want to share an update on Walter, the 20-year-old barn cat who has been rehabbing here after breaking his foot. And I also want to share some of my holiday stories and holiday pet peeves. I hope everyone is enjoying the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, and the upcoming New Year. It's here and now. No matter what you celebrate, it can be a special time or it can be a lonely time too, the best and the worst. Hopefully, whatever you're doing, you're relaxing and resting up for the days ahead. If you've listened to the last two episodes, you know that I've been sick. Actually, both me and my husband have been sick. Not to be indelicate, but we've been in the coughing up phase. My husband is a lot better at this than I am. But we're both pretty noisy. At the same time, my knee has been acting up in a big way. And my husband fell this this week bringing in the trash cans. So I kind of imagine that our pets are saying to themselves, why are mom and dad always making so much noise and yelling and coughing and screaming in pain? (laughs) Or at least they're rolling their little cat and doggy eyes when we're not looking. We're very much on the mend though. As to our listeners, to each and every one of you, I'm eternally grateful for the fact that you listen. It means a lot to me. Otherwise, it's just me speaking into a microphone in an empty room. I know there are a lot of demands on everyone's time, and the fact that you fit in listening to my podcast means everything to me. Ultimately, I'm doing this podcast to connect with people like you, and to share my stories and my experience with people like you. The fact that more and more people are listening makes me feel good. I'm blown away so far by the demographics of where you are all located. To date, we now have listeners on every continent, which is awesome by itself. Most of the listeners 95%, in fact, are obviously in North America, but we have 3% in Europe too. So thank you. And currently, there are 14 different countries represented. The three top ones are the US, Mexico, and Germany. But the others are the Philippines, the United Kingdom, Canada, Ireland, Guyana, Malawi, Indonesia, France, New Zealand, 
Zimbabwe, and Aruba. Right now, between all these countries, there are 112 cities represented. The list of cities reads like a fascinating travel log, seriously. Most of the places I've heard of, but some I haven't. I ask myself, have I even been to 112 different cities in my life? Gosh, I hope so. Otherwise, I have to get going. And as to the reviews I've received so far, I'm humbled by each one. I know sometimes it takes a lot to sit and think about things to say about a certain product or experience. And so I thank everyone who has submitted a rating or review, including those of you who I don't know personally. That means so much because I'm touched that you get me and what I'm saying. I hope you'll continue to listen. The great thing about podcasts is that you don't necessarily have to listen to any part of it right when it comes out. Each episode is evergreen. People are still continuing to listen to all the episodes. Now, as of today, the most listened to episodes, the top five are as follows. I think this is really interesting. Number one is, of course, the inaugural episode, my first. Number two is the episode about dental anxiety. Is that because it's a subject that most people deal with? Or is it because it's just a short title? I don't know. Number three is my funny, dysfunctional Thanksgiving stories, which leads me to believe that most people weren't interested in cooking that week and that a lot of you can relate to dysfunctional family holiday stories. Now, Fourth most listened to episode kind of confuses me. It's part two of when we were hit by a drunk driver. Why did more of you listen to part two than listen to part one? Oh, I think I get it. You just wanted to cut to the chase. But does that mean that you also fast forward to the end of a movie? Maybe. And the fifth most listened to episode is You Can't Go Home Again, right? Well, I did. I thought that along with the Thanksgiving episode, this was one of my funnier episodes. So I hope if you haven't heard this one, you'll go find it and give it a shot. Anyway, I'm starting to understand better what people want to hear, and I'm working on integrating those ideas more into what I produce for you all. So thank you again from the very bottom of my heart. As for Walter, back in September, when it was hotter than blazes here, one day Walter, who is a gorgeous, long-haired orange cat, who is over 20 years old, we know that because of his chip, was limping badly at the barn. I got a call and then offered to take him to the vet. I was sitting in the car because I couldn't go inside with him, and I was about to pass out from the heat. Well, he had broken his foot, all of the bones in his back foot. Because Walter is 20, and because he also has kidney disease, I opted for a splint instead of surgery. 
it would be a three-month recovery. But believe me, I question this decision about 100 times over since that day. Helping me out in this whole process was Natalie, who has watched out over Walter and one of the other barn cats as well, Bob. Well, surgery on Walter would be a lot, but it wasn't about the money. I was worried that putting him through that at his age would take its toll, and then we'd be in a bad place. I wholeheartedly offered to bring Walter home with us and give him a safe place to rehab. He got x-rays at the one-month mark, and they showed no healing at all. This was a bit of a blow, but we tried to stay positive. Walter maintained a good appetite and was able to rest comfortably. He wasn't too happy with the big splint and vet-wrapped back leg, but he managed. He made it work. Whereas before at the barn, Walter was grumpy and you could barely pet him without getting swiped at with those sharp claws, he quickly became a very friendly, loving cat, seeking out affection. He maintained a good attitude through all his regular bandage changes, not needing sedation. Well, I'm happy to report that at his two-month checkup, his foot finally showed signs of healing, and then at his three-month checkup, his foot showed it was healed. Three of the four bones in his foot, the weight-bearing ones, were fused. Amazing! He wore a soft bandage without the splint for a bit, and now he is bandage-free. Walter is still taking it easy for another month and relearning how to use the leg and regain some muscle in it. He's been through a lot, but he walks faster now, although still with a limp. He's a real trooper and a survivor. I can't thank all the people enough who contributed to his recovery through our GoFundMe, and especially to Natalie, for all the extra help and care she's provided to Walter and to me. Walter is another example to never give up. Now, let's talk about the holidays. We just passed Christmas, and right on its heels is New Year's Eve. Is this a good holiday for you? I've always found that there's a lot of stress to live up to our expectations of what the holiday should be. When I was growing up, Christmas seemed so special, at least when I was little, anticipating Santa arriving and what would he bring? The Christmas tree was always so magical with all the lights. I still think Christmas trees are magical. I love the lights and the shining ornaments, and I remember taking piano lessons with Mrs. Dorothy Dunlap. She was a boisterous older woman with big bouffant-type hair. We would have recitals, sure, but for Christmas, she would invite her students and their families to her lovely home. There were Christmas cookies and hot apple cider. She had two baby grand pianos in her living room, and we would all play a Christmas carol on the piano, and people would sing along. I really liked that because it was being in a group. It was very festive, and everyone was happy. It seemed like this was what Christmas 
was supposed to be. Then, as I got into my teen years, something changed. Christmas was more of a push. I ended up doing all the decorating at home. We had a fake tree made of white plastic in the garage, so I dragged that out, stuck the musty branches into the base, and then got out all the lights and the ornaments out of the closet and got it all up and put the empty boxes away. It was a lot of work. Then it was time to take everything down before I knew it. For several years, I did most of it by myself. We had the fake tree because my mom suffered from asthma and a live tree would aggravate her breathing issues, she said. I hadn't remembered noticing any specific issues when we had the live trees, but but then I was younger. I think my mom must have had very high expectations of Christmas as well. There were a couple of years when we would be opening presents in the morning, my parents and me, and mom would end up sitting there and just crying. I don't quite understand why. My dad would never ask her why or take her aside or or talk to her. It was kind of sad. She didn't get what she wanted, maybe? Or were there other memories? Probably some of both. So Christmas wasn't something to look forward to, not with this production. I started to feel a certain sadness when Christmas was coming up. Everyone everywhere would be so happy and joyful, and everything on TV or in the media seemed so upbeat. Merry Christmas, everyone would say, or have a great Christmas. What did that mean? I didn't really know. I was working in retail in college, and it meant a much-needed day off. But I admit, I couldn't really wait for it to be over. That was what made me happy. And then there's Christmas when you work in retail. If you live through several Christmases in retail and keep your Christmas spirit alive, you're doing pretty good. Human nature, of course, is to procrastinate. So the closer you get to Christmas, the busier it gets. The store has longer hours. The merchandise gets messier. And the crazier it all gets, people get crazy. I remember when I was working at the department store, of course, everyone needed gift boxes. Remember the days when customers would take their packages to a special department to give gift wrap? Well, we would get boxes upon boxes of gift boxes, and then people would ask if we had tissue paper. Once I had my own store, we always did the wrapping for our customers, and if I had counted, I bet I would have wrapped hundreds, if not thousands of gifts each year. It makes it hard to find the energy to wrap your own gifts, but I usually did. That was before I discovered gift cards. (laughs) And then there was New Year's Eve. The year I was 15, my maternal grandfather was rushed to the hospital that afternoon. He had been having issues over the last decade or so with his vascular system. Well, my parents and I were watching the film Rocky on cable TV. I remember this was a big deal. The film had only come out the year before. Imagine, and it was a special showing on cable. It was a big deal. Anyway, during the movie, the phone rang, and it was the hospital telling my mom that her father had passed away. 
right after midnight. He had had an aortic aneurysm. I'm sure this was a shock to my mom, but I wasn't prepared at all to lose my grandfather. I had so many feelings and emotions and had no idea what to do with any of them. Well, grief is an entirely different subject that I'm not going to get into right now. But what happened was that the next several years made New Year's Eve a pretty depressing event. It was hard for me to forget that loss. And of course, passing anniversaries are just so hard. Fast forward to some of the best New Year's Eves I've had. A couple of times, my best friend Gina, who passed away in 2018, and I walked the Rose Parade route the night before in Pasadena. This was when they start to assemble the parade floats in formation for the parade. The flowers smell really good. It's also really cold, but there are a lot of people walking around, and it's a festive atmosphere. Gina had a friend who lived with his family near the parade route as well, and once or twice we went to a party there. Those were special times. I miss Gina. Years later, my husband and I would walk the parade route on a Sunday night when it was almost completely deserted. That's because when January 1st falls on a Sunday, the parade is on Monday, so no one wants to go the night of the 1st. We could get really close to the floats, and we had so much fun. (laughs) Speaking of the Rose Parade, one year when we were in high school, my friend Diana and I volunteered our time to help decorate one of the floats. Even though it was sunny, Working in the big tent was cold. Over the course of several days, we got to see the celebrities that were commentating the parade that year, including actor Patrick Duffy. He was big on the TV show Dallas that year. And gosh, I recall he was so much better looking in person. But what I remember most about the experience was the glue, the glue that we used to put the flowers and the petals and all the other pieces of things onto the float. Oh, it was good glue. It stuck. It stuck so good that it got in a lot of things, including our hair. It was a mess. I think we had to end up cutting it out of our hair. None of the things that were placed on the float with that glue were going to fall off. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and mention that now there are so many great holiday films. It used to be just a few classics, right? The Christmas Carol. One of our favorites is White Christmas. So much dancing and sisters. Miracle on 34th Street. And the new classics like The Holiday or Love Actually. But I have an issue with It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, okay. The overall theme, the message, I agree. It is a wonderful life, yes. But it always seems completely overly painful to me that George's hopes and dreams for his life are completely obliterated in the process of saving the town and all its inhabitants. Couldn't George just have gotten like one good trip to some exotic place? Did all his dreams have to be completely forsaken? Okay, he was the richest man in town in terms of friends and support, and that's invaluable. I get it, but wouldn't it have been great to have at least stepped 
foot out of there once in a while. That's all I'm saying. That part always kind of really depresses me. Don't get me wrong. I see the overall message, but I just wish there was a little tweak to the storyline. Okay. Well, I've had my piece. All right. In summary, I hope everyone has a great holiday time here. Great week. And I wish everyone the very best for 2023. 2023? How did we get here? Now remember, if you're feeling depressed or down and it's all too much, please seek professional help. Don't suffer alone. There's a lot of help out there and there's people who care about you. Next week, I'm going to share with you some of my favorite pet peeves. Wait, is that a contradiction? A favorite pet peeve? Is that like saying one of my favorite things to hate? Well, we'll get into that next week. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries.